Hey guys. So to kick off season two, Taylor, say hi. Hello. We have we're doing a very special episode with a very special and slightly special ed guest. <laughs> so from all the way at the far end of the spectrum, please welcome our special ed guest juror sixty-nine. Hello there. So Taylor, this is this is your story. So this is a story of Heidi Littlefield. Um, it she, sure is. She murdered her ex-boyfriend, Francis Kelly, right here in Hamilton County in Carmel, Indiana, period. She really did. Unfortunately. And so the last thing I'm going to say before you take over is she was recently, and I mean recently, sentenced to 115 years in prison after a week-long trial. And our special guest had a crucial part. And in, in causing that. Yes, he did. He was a juror, an alternate juror at that, let's be clear. <laughs> um, so he technically did not have any say. Not the first choice. <laughs> but he's flipping me off right now. Um, since this is not our special guest's podcast, he wants to be unnamed. I will give some background info, um, just research that I have done into this case, but I want you guys to also get a first-hand account of the evidence from someone who literally heard it straight from the sources, from the lawyers, um, just sitting in court. Saw the videos, saw all the text messages. Saw all the GPS locations. Literally saw all of that. It's crazy. So we're about to go through the story and we will hear the facts that we, that I have been able to find in like articles and things like that. And then the facts that were actually presented during the actual trial. So basically we start on... Let's say the date is January 15th, 2021. The but date. really, hold on. But really, the date starts much earlier. Does it? She tries a lot of things before then. Yeah. Oh, my anyway, God. Anyway, yeah. She sure does. Um, and we'll get into that. But on January 15th of 2021, so that's almost two years ago now, Heidi... Heidi Littlefield, our little bitch of the story. Um, her daughter, <laughs> Logan. Daughter, Logan. Her daughter, Logan. She has a teardrop tattoo now. Correct. She does. I'm sure. And she's only 23. Well, she was 23 at the time. So she's like 24 now. She's yeah. younger than us. I just want to say that poor girl. She didn't know what she was doing. I mean. She is making dumb decisions. She was. Um, they pull up to Fran's house. So, Fran. Fran. Yeah! I knew you would say that! <laughs> so, his name was Francis, but he went by Fran. Franny boy. Um. <laughs> so, they pull up to his house, and what you don't know, listeners, is that the day before, they had poisoned his oatmeal... His almond-topped oatmeal. Precious. Literally. With fentanyl. <gasps> Enough fentanyl 
to kill a horse. Well, hold on, because just the smallest gram of fentanyl can kill you. They literally As a human, right? Yes. Fentanyl is dosed... Okay. So... It's dosed in micrograms. Yes. But they gave, like, a full... Almost a full gram, which is a thousand milligrams or, like... Which is... And a thousand micrograms. One mil... A million micrograms? Yeah, it's like a million micrograms. Wait, so hold on, hold on. How much could kill a human? Like, a few hundred micrograms, you know? At a time, a few hundred micrograms. And they gave... It depends on your tolerance, And they gave a gram. They gave well over. Yeah, this guy is a hundred times over. Yeah, at least. At least. Okay, so... I'm not really sure if that was actually enough fentanyl to kill a horse, but um, it probably is. So, somehow, Fran was still breathing, because remember, I said they pulled up the day before they had poisoned him, but they came back to his house the next day, and they fucking found him, and he was still alive, breathing erratically. This man was not going to go out. Without a fight. No, he wasn't. And you will hear more about it later, but there were a lot of things that led up to this. Um, they went to Penn Station, that's for sure. They did. <laughs> we love a club sandwich from we, Penn Station. We love you know, it. I've never been like, after I kill somebody, let me go to Penn Station first. You know what? Wait, I you've feel like somebody? I would. No, I've never done that. <laughs> I, I feel like if I loved Penn Station enough... I would go to Penn Station after killing somebody. I mean, if I was to kill someone, I'd probably go to, like, I don't know. Chinese buffet. Well, yeah, we probably. Crab Rangoon. Crab Rangoon. Crab Rangoon. So, anyway, he was still alive. So, that meant that the job was not done, my friends. It was not done. Mm-mm. So, according to my research... Heidi went and grabbed, sadly, this man's favorite tie, which she would use as her weapon of choice to strangle him. Stupid cunts. Honestly. What is our insider yeah, knowledge? I need to know what the juror says about this because about a tie. Poison doesn't fucking do the trick, but his favorite tie does. Well. To be clear, we don't know if she used a tie. You know, that that's actually kind of one of the least okay, but she... supportive parts. They couldn't actually find the tie because they went to supposedly Penn Station after and, you know, had a sub. But it, that whole part, the tie and how she really killed him doesn't matter. But, like, what they know is how he fell. It was interesting. They saw um, there was something called a liver mortis, which is the pooling of the blood that happens, you know, after you die, you know, like three hours later all the blood pools to the lowest point of the gravity so if you're not lying down on face down all the blood is going to pull to your stomach if you're lying on your back all the blood's going to pull towards your back you know depending on how you're lying so they found him on the couch though and like he had a hair in between his teeth when they found him and all the blood was, was pulling there a bush hair? on his <laughs> well actually they, it was inconclusive and they sent it to the FBI and after that they still couldn't figure it out. But, uh, yeah, all his blood was pulled towards the back. But he had bruises on the front of his face when they found him. So the theory is that she took the tie 
and picked him up on the with the head. And actually, this whole story is from the meth head, um, Francis's daughter. Her daughter Logan. Her yeah. Daughter from Logan. wait, wait a second. Who named their daughter Logan? Dyke alert. <laughs> I can say that. I'm, I mean, I'm definitely gay, so I, I can... think that's why she turned into a meth head. Right. For to sure. To be clear, if you're a woman named Logan. You are for sure. I mean, what do you do with that? Nothing. You have, you have two paths in life. You're gonna be a straight up murderer, or you're gonna be a dyke, or both, or both. We love both. <laughs> we don't love both. Sorry, we guys. don't love murderers. Our special witness is <laughs> our, sneezing. Our juror is having an allergy attack. Just he cold. has no Claritin. <laughs> He needs a Zyrtec. He needs a Zyrtec. Um, so, yeah. The theory is that he was, like, strangled with his favorite tie, but that also didn't totally play out. So, he was lifted up and dropped on his head several times <gasps> to kill him. Yeah. That's supposedly the story. And then, in the middle of that, Logan leaves and goes to the car. Mm-hmm. Takes a bunch of selfies. What? And those selfies in the back, they see the G, the, I don't forget what it's called. Did you get to see the she selfies? Had a sev- yeah, we saw the selfies. They were were the they court. cute? No, they were not. Um, that was a weird question. But anyway. No, it wasn't. It I was wasn't, a real question. It was really sad, though. Like, his whole family was there, you know. It was, it's a sad thing, you know. So, uh, yeah, so she uh, was taking selfies, apparently, after she just witnessed her stepdad. Not really her stepdad, just, like, her mom's ex-boyfriend, who she also has a kid with. By the way, who also has kids with, like, three other men. It's, like, four other men. I don't know. She's got a bunch of different kids. She was a whore. She's got, like, five kids. Right. Basically just your regular run-of-the-mill whore. Of Indianapolis. But, uh, yeah, so Logan actually... Stop whoring around Indianapolis! <laughs> so, actually, it's interesting. She, you know, she's definitely whoring around, of course. <laughs> but, um, the funniest thing about this whole entire case, first of all, this is off topic, but the lawyer actually had no idea what this chick even did for a living. He changed her career, like, three times throughout the case. <laughs> It was hilarious. Like, dude, are you even prepared? Anyway. <laughs> here's another interesting factoid, though, is Logan plead. So, like, you know, it's interesting. Her story apparently was the same a year later when she told it again in court. But also, like, it makes you wonder if it was scripted or anything. But, like, you know, it's she was incentivized to tell her own story. So it makes you wonder if what she's saying... And, you know, the fact about the tie that was never found, if that really is true, or was she lying or being honest? Because she did do meth. You know, she did a lot of meth, and she got in contact with the dope boy. That's what she called the guy they got the fentanyl from. She called him the dope boy. I mean, I do a lot of meth, and I think I'm you pretty... You shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> Let the record state, Taylor does not do meth. So, according to sources that I read, Heidi had originally asked her daughter, Logan, to 
do the strangling and lifting him up off the ground with his tie thing. But she allegedly said that he was too heavy and that she couldn't do it. That is sad. What a rude bitch. I mean, it's obviously because she was on meth, but whatever. No, because you get, like, crackhead strings. Yeah. Well, no, Heidi actually, during this time, was pregnant, and she didn't do any drugs. Heidi was pregnant? Yeah, during this time, she was pregnant. I didn't know that. That was not in any articles. She killed him when she was pregnant, supposedly. It's the hormones. It's just the hormones, guys. That's one of the biggest questions of this case that is unknown, you know, but it's really not that important because they have so much other data and evidence. But the biggest thing was how did he get from laying on the floor face down to laying on the back on the couch? We didn't know this bitch was pregnant. I didn't know she was pregnant, and none of the articles I read said she was pregnant. However, this was not the first time that she had attempted to kill Fran. So, I mentioned that they had poisoned his oatmeal, and that's not really how they killed him, because obviously they actually went in and physically killed him later, but, um... So, they had previously poisoned an oatmeal of his. Or overnight oats, something. Can you confirm? Was it oatmeal or overnight oats? It was overnight oats. What's the difference? So, oatmeal is like, I don't know, the stuff that you just make in the microwave. But, like, overnight oats is the stuff you make with, like, raw oats... Either way, it was the powerhouse of the cell. Now, let me me say, this is like toast and pop-ups compared to Pop-Tarts. Yes. Generic, great value versus (laughs) Pop-Tarts. But really, all it is is oatmeal mixed with some milk, and they put some almonds on top. And Logan described, Logan really described this very in detail, how she... Put the fentanyl into the oatmeal. It was she, chopped with almonds. Yeah, so she what did is she created these little pockets, these little pockets inside the oatmeal, and she just went one pocket, put a scoop of fentanyl in there, another pocket, scoop of fentanyl in there. And the crazy thing is, she just covered it all up with almonds, and he didn't even know. <gasps> Although fentanyl would be pretty bitter, so I'm not sure how he didn't know, but it's he inter- did. Well, I'll get into it later. Yeah, so he did text like Heidi. One of the last texts to Heidi was. Did you do something to my oatmeal? Let's say... So, it's really sus that he, like, kind of knew intrinsically that she did something. No, most of us are are accustomed to McDonald's or Quaker Oats oatmeal. (laughs) None of us have fucking almonds in our oatmeal besides this man. This was a he wealthy man. He lived in Carmel. So this this, is a this guy man. made a lot of money, yes. Yeah, this, this was a wealthy man. He could afford almonds. He, he, afforded, <laughs> he was like top 1% of the U.S., yeah. No, sure. yeah, for he sure. He lived in the... They disclosed his salary and his job. What was, was the salary? He was like a banker guy, and he made like, you know, more than six figures. 
Right. So, like, this man lived in the richer part of Indiana. No, actually, his house was, like, pretty average. His house wasn't, like, anything But he crazy. lived in Carmel. He lived in Carmel, but his house wasn't, like, crazy. Carmel is the richer part of Indiana regardless. I mean, his house wasn't a million dollars, you know. It I, doesn't matter. He lived in a nice part of town. Sure. Yeah, he did. With a nice house. So apparently it was overnight oats, not oatmeal, but whatever. Um, I've never even heard of overnight oats, which tells you what piece of trash I am. It's like oats with milk, and then you can you leave do them like, overnight. Yeah, in the fridge, and you can do a whole bunch of different recipes. Like, there's like blueberry muffin, overnight oats. That's I'm gonna tell you pie, something. Overnight listen, oats. listen to me for a second. I'm listening. That's where you're a dumb bitch because you don't give people the the. For one, the opportunity mm-hmm. to poison yeah. your overnight oats. Don't worry, I get into it. I will Don't literally worry. take. I will take my processed oatmeal that comes in a pack, and then I microwave Quaker for, oats. Quaker oats, and I microwave <laughs> for two minutes. The berries, right? The fruit one, fruits and cream, <laughs> right? <laughs> berries and cream. I will take that literally over. I mean these. These people can sprinkle anything. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, they had tried to poison his oatmeal previously. I don't know what happened, but they didn't end up actually poisoning it, or he didn't die from it. They also tried to poison his miso soup. That was their <laughs> second attempt, which... Miso soup. This man was living fucking large. He was living large. And, like, this poor guy, he had no idea. I'm sorry, but was this homemade miso soup? No! She went and, like, picked it up from a restaurant. And, like, okay, hold on. We need the juror for this story about the miso soup. Wasn't it, like, yeah, juror number 69? Wasn't it, like, she went and had some extravagant meal on his dime and then like tried to just like buy him some just some miso soup and then also poisoned it after he paid for their mail meal right so she got the miso soup from uh asian Restaurant. But didn't he pay for her meal and then also his miso soup? So, no. So, she was at the restaurant with her daughter and she was, the story goes, she ordered the food and then she asked him what he wanted and she was being nice and brought the miso soup over. On the way mm. over, she laced it with Being oatmeal. nice, quote unquote. She uh, brought the miso soup over, he ate it. And that was the second time he mm-hmm. got laced by oatmeal, not the first. Laced by oatmeal? Laced by fentanyl. <laughs> We've had too many mimosas today, folks. And that's what I'm saying. That so. is so crazy because he bought it. No, I don't think he did. I thought he did, but I well, don't you think know he what? actually... Fuck that did he bitch. buy it? Did he pay for the food? Oh, he said no. Even Juror if he 69 did it, said Even no. if Juror 69 says he didn't... I would feel so bad if I was bringing somebody the food, I, I mean, the food he wanted, and I laced it with fentanyl. 
Well, obviously you have morals. This <laughs> so for sure. I mean, she killed somebody. Interestingly enough, they disclosed Cheers, all the bitch. bank records, and we saw all the bank records. And yeah, she had a bill for that miso soup. Um, and she also ended up taking out a lot of cash to give to fix her carpets was a story. What the fuck? When the police came to her house to investigate her. She had no carpets! She did have carpets. Oh. But but, uh, (laughs) it also didn't make any sense why she would give this meth guy any money to fix her carpets because he's not somebody really that would trust him to fix her carpets, first of all. And second of all, she fully knew what she was doing. Like, he was not going to take that five grand to fix carpets. That was to finish the job. Initially, he was supposed to be the one to finish the job. So, yes. Um, as juror number 69 mentioned, unfortunately, she did have carpets. <laughs> She didn't have carpets. So, so she got them cleaned. That's all we gotta say. So Heidi had her daughter, Logan, and then her daughter's ex-boyfriend, Robert Walker, buy drugs, which just fentanyl, actually. Just fentanyl. Um, not any drugs, but fentanyl. In order to commit this crime. But. They were much deeper involved than just buying the drugs. Unfortunately. You don't say. I do. I do do declare. declare. (laughs) I declare bankruptcy. (laughs) Um, Heidi had also given Logan's ex, Robert, money and asked him to hire a hitman. And this is what our juror was talking about, about the money that was, like, obviously not to fucking fix her carpets, (laughs) though she did have them. It was actually for him to hire a hitman. However, Robert and Logan, her daughter spent the money which was not very much money and like can i say if i was gonna murder someone i would need at least like a billion dollars okay okay we're we're on two different wavelengths (laughs) i would need at least 20 grand i would need like a billion fucking dollars i see so many true crime stories where someone's like oh i I agreed to kill her husband for $2,000, and I'm like, are I'll you- I'll give you $5 and a pack of gum. Right. I'll give you $5 and a pack of smokes. Your freedom <laughs> is worth $5 and a pack of smokes. Is someone's life? <laughs> I'm not even worried about their life. Your freedom is worth $5, $500 and a pack of smokes. Just give me- a little a, a gram of fentanyl. No, baby girl. Good. I get so mad when I hear the small amount of money that these people get. There was a small... The small amount! You just said you'd kill someone for $20,000. That ain't small. I would not kill someone for mm. $20,000. I would never kill someone anyway. I wouldn't... Listen. Okay, I'm gonna be... I would not kill anyone unless it was over 100 <clears throat> 
I would if it was over 100. But I have heard stories where people literally are like, she offered me $5,000 and a place to stay. That's this story. I was about to say. And $2,500 in this story. And they were like, sure. I make that in two paychecks. More. I make more than that in two paychecks. You're telling me in two paychecks you're going to fucking... You're going to sit there and you're going to get... You kill someone instead of just working? Kill. Kill. <laughs> you're going to kill for for 80 hours. 80 hours. 80 hours of, over, 80 hours and five work. hours of overtime. Like, bitch, just get a job. Okay, just say you're poor and move on, okay? Right. Right. Uh, just say you're poor. Just um, say you're poor. Yeah, like... No, absolutely not. She literally gave them $2,500 to be like, hey, go hire a hitman. Garbage. And what kind of fucking hitman would kill someone for $2,500? That's not a hitman. That's a fucking That's Larry crackhead. the Cable Guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a hitman. That's a fucking crackhead. Oh, my God. Larry the Cable Guy. Larry the Cable fucking Guy. Fucking... Oh, the homeless man down the street. That's not a hit man. <laughs> there's, a, there's a meth head that sits at the end of my street every day who passes out in his front yard with a frying pan in his hand. You could not get that man I enough you, money to go kill someone because he's baby, a Maybe I bet I could hire him for $200. Probably. To kill maybe his next door neighbor. And he still probably couldn't do it because he, that's exactly what happened No, here. I've never met his next door neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> he would do it though for the two hundies. She gave these motherfuckers twenty five hundred dollars, and they said, "Where the fuck am I gonna find a hitman for twenty five hundred dollars? I'm gonna go buy drugs." And that's exactly what they did. Because who is gonna kill someone for twenty five hundred dollars? No one. And why would you give someone else twenty five hundred dollars? Because at that point, you're adding a middleman. And they also need to keep some of the money because it's a fucking middleman. Right. So you're giving a hitman what? Two thousand dollars, fifteen hundred dollars? You're also giving what them, kind of hitman is this? Right, but you're also giving them the opportunity to expose you. For twenty five hundred dollars. And these motherfuckers are on drugs. This isn't Taylor and Josh's declassified survival guide to killing somebody but Ned's declassified this is this is definitely something where you have to sit back and think we are actual detectives what a fucking (laughs) idiot (laughs) yes $2,500 and like Heidi girl can you not get more money than that Um, because you're a broke bitch apparently baby girl and now you're about to spend 115 years in prison and you can wallow in that pity because goodbye Thanks for number 69. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, Fran was found. Fran Drescher. Fran. Our favorite. The nanny. The nanny <laughs> named Fran. Um, no, I'm just kidding. He was not a nanny, but he was a dad to like at least two kids in this story from different moms. So I'm not listen we're not we're not gonna judge because i know i know like moms get a bad rep right from mm-hmm. like having different baby daddies this man can get a bad rep too from having different baby mamas but i mean he's dead so peace and blessings peace and blessings <laughs> fly high <laughs> so he was found on january 17th 
when his other ex-girlfriend, his other ex-girlfriend, who was named Courtney, mm-hmm. so he has several ex-girlfriends, good for him, <laughs> um, she told police that Fran had not come to their nine-year-old Or he had not come to pick up their nine-year-old daughter on Fran's birthday. And that she, Courtney, had not spoken to Fran um, since a couple days prior and was really concerned about the situation. Because normally he was super, like, adamant about picking up his kids. He was, like, a really good dad, according to pretty much everybody in the story right so so we're basically at the point where where he's dead you know yes this this is the point so i want to hear from juror number 69 69. about what happened (coughs) like with your facts and everything what literally happened to to the victim well they saw that you know, when Courtney opened the garage and stuff and she walked inside, she saw him laying down on the couch with his back down. And that goes back to the whole liver mortis thing where they found blood that got pulled to the back of his spine. So they realized that he died laying down on his back. So the theory is how the pathologist talked about it when the pathologist dissected his body. He saw that when he pulled apart all the different layers of his voice box and stuff, he saw his voice boxes broken. And then he saw that one side of his face was bruised, but also the front side of the face. So it was actually two sides of the face that were bruised. So the theory that he could fall and and died was out of the door. If he fell, it would only be one side that was bruised. So he had two sides. So they knew that he must have had his head constrained, and his head must have been choked somehow. His voice box is broken. It was almost like someone took their thumbs and squeezed into it. In this case, it was Fran's most favorite tie that apparently uh-huh. she went upstairs and got. And uh, when she got the tie, she came back downstairs and choked him. Okay. Wait, why did they assume it was his favorite tie? Was it like missing or something? Or did they yeah, find it? I guess, well, that's just the story. We don't really know what the tie looked like. So it's the media. It's not real. Well, you know, that's how Logan told the story anyway. Oh, yes. They had Logan. Logan, Logan, Logan. That is so crazy to me. Well, um... We don't typically have somebody that can sit here and literally discuss the in-depth process of, like, prosecuting somebody. Yeah, so the pathologist had a really key part of this because before they were they initially didn't even realize it was a murder when they found him. They thought he just died because maybe he drank too much alcohol or something. So the scene was actually left to be disturbed and she almost got away until the family said, Hey, we want to investigate the cause of death and get a report on his body and they started investigating his whole entire body and realized that he had bruises on his neck that realized that ended up resulting in his voice box being broken. And they were like, whoa, this cannot have been an overdose on alcohol. This had to be someone choked him and killed him. So, babe, wow. 
I'm sitting here trying to think about that. That's. She almost got away. She almost got away with it. She did. It's no different as if somebody would have overdosed somebody with insulin. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally, and there have been cases, and we will probably cover one of those cases eventually about like killer nurses and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I definitely have one in the book. For that one. <sighs> Ooh. Um, I think we just like started watching a documentary like a couple weeks ago about something like that. Um, but so kind of backing up just a little bit, um, when Courtney first had her suspicions about Fran, um, when she came there and she was like, Oh my, like he did not come to pick up our daughter on his birthday. Um, cause he was really adamant about like spending his birthday with their daughter. Um, she contacted police and as police do, um, they did literally nothing. they knocked on his door at first and um didn't actually do anything until courtney and from what i understand one of her friends who is a nurse basically broke into the house the next day and found his dead body um and from insider knowledge the nurse knew immediately once she saw him he was dead. that he was dead because she could see all of the like modeling and stuff of his When skin. I worked as a CNA and we went in and we would check on elderly patients mm-hmm. I don't know how to explain it but like there's a there's a color to your skin tone mm-hmm. that just literally gives it away. <clears throat> yeah. It does. And then his autopsy eventually concluded, um, at first, like our special guest mentioned, it was kind of like, oh, he just died because he drank too much or whatever. Well, it was eventually concluded that he was murdered via the strangulation, um, the blunt force trauma and that they also found that he had fentanyl in his system they also found that he had alcohol in his system but the coroner talked about how that could also just be from the food that he had in his stomach that just was there and right, fermenting yeah. and producing alcohol on its own. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so <clears throat> they did find that he had all of those things, the blunt force trauma, the strangulation signs, the fentanyl. Um, and then police, you know, once they decided to start doing their fucking job, found texts between Heidi, Littlefield, and Fran. Basically where Fran was accusing Heidi of messing with his oatmeal. Are you so me? I think our special guest already mentioned this. He basically was like, 
oh, it tastes kind of funny. I saw you in my fridge yeah, he kept yesterday. Eating it. What do you literally? He still ate it. So like, what the fuck? I hate to be a victim blamer, but I do on, too. But dude, you take one bite and it tastes funny. Throw it the in fuck the world out. of listeria. Food poisoning and everything else, you're going to continue eating a fucking bowl of oatmeal that tastes funny? In a world where your ex-girlfriend, where your ex-girlfriend had already tried to poison you twice, and I'm pretty sure he had some inkling that she had been trying to poison him. Is that correct? Yes. That was her third time that she tried to do it. But did he have some sort of, like, did he notice the first or the second time? I mean, can time? you even answer that accurately? Because that, he's dead. Well, yeah, I mean, he's dead, but... Well, obviously we don't really know, but he did end up being in his garage one time when they poisoned him. And he had throw up all over his body. Like, he just threw up on himself and they found him. Apparently Heidi found him like that and she went with her daughter there. And I really hate to say this. You're on your third time of of feeling sick after your ex is feeding you and you continue to eat her food well we don't know and you literally saw her in your fridge and then continued to eat the oatmeal that tasted funny (sighs) I don't know there's a part part of me that's like eh something's going on but then there's also a part of me of like obviously it's not his fault no it's not but I loved somebody there's no way they would hurt me but at the same time this is the third time I've been sick since this bitch is fed and I've already overdosed once before when she was involved I don't know Obviously, not victim blaming. It's not his fault. But if I... And maybe this is just because I literally, like, listen and watch so many true crime things where I'm like, anything is fucking off, I'm fucking booking it. Like, (laughs) absolutely. If I tasted that my oatmeal was, like, off a little bit, I'd be like, hmm, I'm throwing this out and literally... I'm leaving. I'm done. Um... But anyway. Um, also, you know what? I mean, I would have just made a new oatmeal, to be quite honest. Period. I mean, he could have just this, made a new oatmeal. I think this one tastes weird. Let me try a different packet. I'm sorry, Fran. Please rest in peace. I'm not blaming you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying that you should have just thrown it out. You had multiple opportunities. Or you could have brought it to the police station and been like, my ex is trying to kill me. Please test this for fentanyl. This and it'd be right there. Weird. I'm sorry, Fran. It's not your fault. I'm just... Fran Drescher, you I are feel- a beautiful person. <laughs> the nanny. I feel like you could still be alive. And I'm so sorry. You know... You know, all logical things point to you being, you know, why why not call 911 and ask for help? But, you know, he did not. So, unfortunately for him, he ended up passing away. Well, I think in that position, you really don't think that somebody that loves you is going to But they were exes. They it doesn't matter. Together. I feel like if me and Tyler broke up, if he made me dinner, I wouldn't... If, if, if something made me feel felt sick after he made it for me, I would literally feel like, oh, it's probably food poisoning. Yeah, I don't know. But to wake up with, like, vomit you, all over you no, at one you point. If you and your partner broke up, Taylor. If Chance? No. 
ever had anything to do with anything I ever current, had to do with, I would. <laughs> if you and your current boyfriend broke up, you would not think anything if you ate something and it made your tummy sick. You would think that it was food poisoning. Yeah, but they never really had been on good terms, from my understanding. They were all very sus. And, uh, sorry, juror number 69 is pretending a wine bottle is his dick. So, a pause. (laughs) Um, no. I just... I just don't understand why, Fran, you do not throw away the damn overnight oats and make a new one. I mean, I'm I'm on the other side of it. I really feel like if I truly believe somebody loved me, which I feel like he did, that I would have thought I just had an upset stomach. I know. I just feel like with the I'm rocky so stuff that they had already been through. Yeah, but you never... I feel like you never think that somebody's yeah. going to go out of your way and kill you. I mean, that's true. And honestly, even when I'm in like... Okay. Just... If I'm like walking out of work and it's 12 a.m. and it's dark and there's like a random guy walking out of the building at the same time I am... Like, I guess I don't just assume that he's trying to fucking get me. Right. But I'm also kind of, like, on my guard. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know if that's just a woman thing. I think that's a woman thing, but at the same time, unfortunately, like I said, like, probably it like is a woman I've thing. always <laughs> been so optimistic with people that I've dated. I really don't think I can look back, even through all the shit I've put them through. Mm-hmm. I really don't think I could ever look back and be like, oh, they're trying to kill me. But it's just crazy because you think about all of these types of, like, when you look at cases like fucking Chris Watts and shit like that, where it's like, yeah, oh my God, it was totally the guy but- that she was fucking married to. And like, I'm going to say it, Lacey Peterson, I know you have differing opinions, mm-hmm. but... But I even have differing opinions about Chris Watts because I saw that documentary on Netflix and... You guys, I'll cover the story. Eventually. I'm glad you just we'll cover said, both of those I'm stories. glad you said it, Taylor, because that's the next story I'm going to research. I feel like people push people past their limits. And in that documentary on Netflix, you see Shanann Watt push, push Chris past his limit. Yeah, it's a, it's a fine line to walk. What was he sentenced to? Sure. So, wait, who? I mean, what was her? What was she sentenced? Oh, to? Oh, she sorry. was sentenced to 115 years in prison because she was found guilty of, I think, like three different things. Actually, one of been. them being murder. I'm sure. Period. Um, but so the big question is, why was Heidi trying? To kill Fran because there's evidence of her trying to kill him three separate times. They had a toddler together 
and they were kind of in a nasty custody battle. So with Fran gone, Heidi would for sure get full custody. But if Fran was still around, he probably would have gotten full custody because Heidi, if you couldn't tell from the story, was never known as being a good mom (laughs) or even an okay mom. (laughs) Um, Obviously, she had her daughter help her murder someone. And then also during her trial tried to pin it all on her daughter saying what that she was just a meth bitch. head yeah and i mean her daughter was a meth head but besides <laughs> the point um it was all like heidi's master plan to do all of this you right know? Like, yeah it wasn't her daughter it was just like her daughter was on drugs, got sucked into this. Um, I read an article that said Logan stated that she did all this stuff to have a better relationship with her mom because Mm -hmm. they never had a good relationship. So, um, we're getting towards the end. Um, Heidi's ex-husband came forward and told police that Logan admitted... Heidi had given them money to hire a hitman to kill Fran. Um, An unnamed relative of Heidi told police that she made many statements giving off the impression that she had murdered him. And then another ex of Heidi's, because apparently this bitch has a lot of exes. I don't know. She's really not that cute, but whatever. She, I mean, she got around. She's the whore of Indianapolis, as we know. She she reclaimed the title from someone else. Yes. The whore of Indianapolis, Heidi Littlefield, kills Fran. Um, She admitted that she had... um, so according This is the same X by the way. What? It was all one X. Okay, you tell the story. It was one and one it was one X that basically the first time he filmed was he recorded her and him arguing why he was in his truck and he recorded her saying how she wanted him dead and stuff. Wanted who dead? Fran? Yeah, she wanted Fran dead. And the next Fran The next night they were in like their bed or whatever in the bedroom and she was like oh I just wanted him dead is what she said in the like recording or some shit and he recorded all it and they submitted it and stuff and uh it didn't sound good you know she sounded really hateful like she wanted him dead and stuff you know uh, well she obviously did because he ended up dead yeah and the biggest piece of evidence of all this that's not mentioned is the GPS tracking. No, no, no. I don't even want to hear this part. Juror number 69. I want to know the biggest piece of evidence that made you say guilty. I don't want to know this, this, and this. I want to know the number one biggest piece of evidence that made you say this bitch is guilty. Yeah, just summarize this one thing. The things. One thing. There has to be one thing that you're like. Just one thing. There has to. So be. it really wasn't the one thing. It was like a combination of everything, and it was the por- perfect storm. You know, the fact that she had her kid, that she wanted custody over, the fact that all her GPS location was there, the fact that he texted her, did you put something in my oatmeal? 
it was all these combination of things that just made it beyond a reasonable doubt because they want you to state beyond a reasonable doubt that she must have done it. I mean, there's no other reasonable reason that there's only there's no other reason that someone else could have done it, right? Or that some it could have happened any other way. Like it's just beyond a reasonable doubt. Like all this evidence adds up. So there's not really one piece that's like all the entire story, the entire picture, like her GPS location on her phone, like the text messages. There wasn't one specific thing no, that made there, you there, say this bitch is guilty. There really isn't. No. Yeah. I can't tell you the amount of things that I have heard about this from his uh, point of view of like what happened um right because after the trial i mean we were he was finally able to speak about it yes and i mean yeah and once she was sentenced once she was sentenced and we were able to hear about it okay obviously like you're allowed to talk about it because you're you were on jury duty but now that she's been sentenced it's public knowledge right but i thought there would be at least one thing that was like oh my god this bitch is 110 percent guilty well the thing is and i don't have this written down so things might be off and we have juror number 69 here to confirm but basically they tracked her cell phone and that she was there at the time of when they assumed that he was murdered And she made her daughter, Logan, try to stay the night at Fran's place. But she logged in. (laughs) But she logged in to, like, WhatsApp or something? Yeah, she logged into WhatsApp. On his Wi-Fi. So she was pinned at his house on his Wi-Fi. Yeah. And... Uh, the night that he died. Why do you need WhatsApp? You're in America. She's talking to somebody at somewhere else. Because, no, she was texting. Okay, first of all, she's, wait, wait, wait. she's a druggie. You're she right. doesn't have a phone plan. You're right. She has a phone she's and she connects people. to Wi Fi. She's one of those people that, like, you can come <laughs> on Facebook Messenger. Yes! Wi-Fi. Exactly. So she was on his Wi-Fi, connected to his Wi-Fi, and texted her mom after her mom, Heidi, tried to force her to stay at this guy's house to make sure that he died. Her, she was like, no, I'm not doing this after a while, and logged onto the Wi-Fi and texted her mom through WhatsApp, right? And said, come get me. I'm not doing this. And so her mom did. But then they're all caught on his fucking Wi-Fi. They're all caught on cell phone towers within the area. And when he texted her before and was like, what did you do to my oatmeal? I saw you in my fridge yesterday and now it tastes funny, which he still fucking this ate it. This is milk. Yeah, because I'm sorry, Francis. Maybe you were kind of dumb. I don't know. Whatever. You're dead. It's okay. Um... Okay, sorry. Fran. You weren't really that dumb. No, Fran me, no, no, you know, let me say. <sighs> let's let's just sum it up here. Those two, and I'm going to be, those cunts, they killed them. Period. 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 And they were she, sentenced how long? So the daughter got 20, 26 Too years. Too short. Yeah. Life. No, no, no. Yeah. So I got the rest of the story here. I'm almost done. 
Um, and then we'll just let the juror number 69 finish the story. Um, so, like I said... Can I just say he wasn't a 69th alternative? No, 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 no. We just, we just gave just him that him number because number 69 we're funny. immature. <laughs> he was an alternate juror, though, so he didn't actually have a say in the end Somebody conviction. literally... But this is like, what he thought happened. Right. So... There ain't no thought. Um, there ain't no thought. This is cold This is what facts. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, like I said, an ex of Heidi's admitted that, um, sh- Heidi admitted that to her ex that Logan, quote unquote, had laced, um, Fran's oatmeal and murdered him, aka just trying to switch the blame from her to her daughter, which is another whole fucked up situation because why would you want to frame your daughter for this but whatever um i hate kids i'd do it so (laughs) i mean basically allegedly she was a horrible mom um who pawned off her younger children to her older children i don't even know how many children she had apparently it was a lot um she tried to involve her daughter in this murder tried to pin the entire thing on her at the end um which can i just how stupid can you be to commit a murder like this and not expect anything to come back to you like that just people think they're blows gonna get my away mind. with it blows my I mean, mind she almost did she she almost did yeah yeah because this was ongoing for a minute wasn't it it was. They initially thought that he just died on accident. And then once, 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 Pete once, uh, once the coroner, like, looked more in depth, they were like, oh, wait. I love their signs of. <laughs> when Pete Wentz's <laughs> news leaks, I have them saved on my phone to this day. Well, actually, it wasn't the coroner. It was the family that requested the biopsy. Uh, autopsy? The autopsy, correct. Biopsy. The, the biopsy on his... On his nut. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Fran. I'm so that's sorry, so Fran Drescher. I mean, Fran. We respect you, and that's why we're covering the story, because guess what? This happened just in... Not really in my neighborhood, but really close. And... This is crazy because it's so fucked up and because oatmeal, I can't even imagine. It is. I can't even imagine that you just got pilled from some fucking oatmeal. Um, If you poison my oatmeal, I... You're going happy. You're going happy. And Fran, I hope that you went happy. Fran, I hope you know that no one faults you for this because if someone poisoned my blueberry oatmeal... I wouldn't think anything of it. I'd be like, oh, this tastes off. It's the blueberries. It's the blueberries. And you know what? Heidi deserves every 115 years she motherfucking got. But anyway, sorry. I hope Heidi I just have a little gets bit left. fucking punched and fisted she probably 110%. In She'll probably too. get murdered like Jeffrey Dahmer and we can all just pray for that. Um, Period. But anyway, so like I said, she was a bad mom. 
tried to pawn off her younger kids to her older kids. She tried to involve her daughter. Well, she did involve her daughter in a murder, but then tried to pin the entire thing on her. Um, literally told everyone before and after that she was planning on and then did commit the murder, basically. Like, everyone around her pretty much knew that she was involved and they told on her because obviously if someone came to me and was like, I murdered someone, I'd be like, hmm, okay. I'm going to the police now. Um, so now she gets to spend the rest of her life in jail and her daughter only got 26 years. Um, her daughter's like, piece of shit. Yeah, but her daughter was like 23, got 26 years for conspiracy to murder or so something like that like as part 49. of a plea deal. Yeah, so she'll get out before like 50 years old. So I hope she dies in prison. I mean, to be honest, she was a part of it. She was, and she was posting selfies in the car. So now I really have a vendetta against this woman. Right. She's cute enough to post And she's selfies. a method, so goodbye-bye. Right. I mean... <sighs> mm. So... Do it for the math. Do it for the math. Um, so... Is there anything else that juror number 69 would like to give He's to this his case, head now. to this podcast, to me, to Josh? Why, juror number 69, what ultimately pushed you? What it, there has to be one thing that ultimately pushed you to a guilty verdict. It can't just be all of them Tell combined. Us. It has to be one thing that you were like, this one thing directly points to the guilt of this person. I mean... Obviously, there's many... Probably the biggest data point was the GPS, like, because the GPS, it mimicked the entire story of what Logan was saying, because Logan also said they were going to Target, they did this, they went to the gas stations, and all of these locations were backed up by the GPS on her phone. Mm-hmm. So, just to mention, as part of Logan's plea deal, she testified against her mom, Heidi. So, Heidi's whole case, basically, was based on Logan's <laughs> testimony, just to clarify. Imagine testifying against your mom to still get 26 years of prison. But her mom, Heidi, tried to pin the whole thing on Logan in the first place. Well, here's the thing. So we get Juror 69 here saying that the GPS coordinates were the the things that pushed him to say guilty, guilty, guilty. So everything just added up in that point, right? After that, yeah. Everything just... Everything, she was where she needed to be to commit the crime. There's no way, like, all these things just magically... There's no such thing as a coincidence. Yeah, no way. What did did Target have to do with it? Well, because she went to Target at a certain time, and, like, basically the whole idea was that she was parking her car in the the area of the coldest sack, so that way, like, her daughter could get out, get to the side of the house, and get through the back door and get in and poison his oatmeal... And then while she was poisoning his own meal, they went to Target. And they went back to the house where she was supposed to stay the night, but she ended up not sleeping the night, and then she left. 
but she, you know, was at her house and then eventually got picked up. And you just see all these locations, like when they went to go get the fentanyl, they went to Ohio to get the fentanyl, and they went to like one gas station, and then at that gas station, they got a video of her at that gas station. So, there was a video of her at the gas station, and while she was at the gas station, she took a big old shit. <laughs> while she was on stage. That's me. While she was on stage. On was, stage? While she was at the court. You know, on stage, she said. She told about her big old, big old dump. She said, I took a big old shit, smoked some meth, took a big old shit, and then I said, let's go kill that some Sometimes when you smoke some meth, baby, you just gotta, you gotta, gotta drop some, the kids off at the pool. It goes right through you just like a cup of joe. Just like, just like joe, a cup of joe. So here, here's the takeaway. Honestly, we're wrapping up here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Juror um, number 69 has given us fucking great insight. Yeah, I say. honestly, I can't believe he's even awake right now, because normally... I can't believe I'm awake. Normally he's asleep by 9 p.m., so... And it's 11 right now, shockingly. We're all awake. I don't... <coughs> so, folks... Ow. Um, I hope you all enjoyed this story <laughs> with a special guest. <laughs> I hope you all enjoyed the story with a special guest, but also with, you know, the facts of the case that we could actually provide to you with a... Insider knowledge. With insider knowledge. Somebody that was actually on the case. And, by the way, they may or may not have paid me $1,000 for the hour to do this. This was very hard to give me. They actually emailed me a few times, and, you know... This was a really high-profile He was high in demand. Oh, yeah. We were totally, like, searching far and wide for this man. Um, we had Specifically, to, juror number 69, because that's who we We needed. had to give him a Rolex watch that may or may not have been fake. Yeah, I mean, that's what we do, right? Um, so, so, literally, <sighs> like, we'll say that, I mean, these people are... Obviously, you know what? As bluntly as we say it every time, they're pieces of shit. They planned. They. This was premeditated. They killed a man. Premeditated three motherfucking times. Three times they tried to kill this man. If not more, though, we don't know about. If not more. Whew. They finally succeeded, but they finally met their fate as yes. well. So, thank you for listening to our first episode of season two we will continue to put episodes out we love everybody if you have any suggestions or feedback we always link our google form in our please do it in our description give us some recommendations we have a lot of ideas already but we can always use more um so i think that's all for tonight and merry motherfucking christmas because christmas was yesterday whenever this comes out we're recording at the very beginning of december but this should come out december i think 26 yep so merry motherfucking 
Christmas, Merry and Christmas, we hope you all yes. have happy holidays. And don't forget, oatmeal is the powerhouse of the cell. Wait, hold on. We have one last message. One last message from our Juror insider 69. knowledge. Juror number 69. Oatmeal is the powerhouse of the cell. Not the mitochondria. Not the mitochondria.